0: Welcome to today's boss to boss podcast. In our interviews, we feature remarkable business people doing imaginative things in often unimaginative markets, usually from the world of B2B. Today's interview is with a copywriter who's been making a bit of a name for herself on LinkedIn with a colorful style that's earned her a significant following, not to mention the occasional temporary ban, and who I personally have enjoyed following perhaps more than anyone else on the platform. That copywriter is the very talented, very funny, and only occasionally offensive, Joe Watson. And we're gonna be chatting today about how she's used LinkedIn to grow both her brand and her business, as well as how other professionals can apply the principles she's found so powerful to their own social media activity. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. So Joe, it would be great if you could just give me uh, just give us a little bit of little bit of background a bit about what you do obviously very active uh, on LinkedIn, you appear to have carved out a real kind of niche for yourself, hugely engaged audience It would be great to understand how you've come to find yourself doing, you know, in that position, doing that great stuff on LinkedIn?
1: Oh God, I've got no idea. Dan is the short answer to that one. In fact, when you contacted me and said, "Joe, let's let's get you on the podcast," I thought, "Have you made a mistake?" Because you interview like some some you know, real big names and people who are at their peak. They know they know what they're doing. They're established. And I kind of think I'm just this girl from bolton uh, in greater manchester who just turns up every now and then and empties whatever's in her head onto linkedin and hopes for the best so i feel like i'm i'm very much winging everything that i'm doing at the moment but it's working for me because as a professional copywriter it's it's a great way for me to show what i write how i write and and what i might be like to work with so it it wins me a lot of clients so yeah i've i've got no idea how it's working But it is. So let's say no more, Dan, lest we curse it.
0: (laughs) No, that's awesome. Well, I certainly there's not many people that I pay much attention to on LinkedIn, I must admit. And you are probably one of about four. So I'm not not at all surprised uh, to hear that it's been working really well for you. And it's the reason why I was keen to do this, because I think sometimes you find certain people who are just nailing a particular channel over and over again and making it work exceptionally well for them. And it's interesting always to understand, is that because they just really understand the brand and their content. And actually the channel is kind of almost irrelevant or actually is it because that they have some kind of, you know, magic formula for that particular channel. So I'm sure that will become evident in due course. So Joe, you're known, as I'm sure you won't mind mind me saying, uh, for being something of a sweary bastard on LinkedIn. Uh, In fact, you almost make me feel, heaven forbid, like a proper professional Um, Is that a sign that we misunderstand what it means to be a professional? Or is this about shaking off that separate persona and just kind of showing our true selves? Or maybe it's just about picking a few fights, which I've always found to be a pretty effective marketing strategy in itself.
1: Well, as well as being an effective marketing strategy, it's just bloody good fun when you get to pick a fight, isn't it? It's nice to combine the personal with the professional. Um, honestly, though, I don't even know what that me- that word means anymore. Professional, I don't, I don't know because so many people have a go at me for being, as you say, sweary bastard, uh, which I love. By the way, I think a, a career in copywriting for you beckons, Dan. <laughs> I, lo- I love that tagline, a sweary bastard. Um, yeah. I I kind of say what I think, I say what I feel, I do swear, but I don't just throw it in there for a laugh, everything is chosen, everything is deliberate, everything I write, swearing or not, is for effect, because I want to show people that I'm good at what I do, but then a lot of people say, oh, it's unprofessional, it's unprofessional, and I'll jump in to defend it, but then there are things that I see, where I think, oh my god, that's unprofessional, And I just think that word is always going to be hugely subjective. So I don't think we can define it. And I don't think we should ever stop what we're doing or change what we're doing in order to fit someone else's definition of professional, because it's not going to be the same for everyone. I mean, you think about, uh, we've had the Euros recently, professional footballers. Yeah, I'd sit there and go, okay, they're getting paid to do what they do but you know essentially they're just kicking a ball around they're not making any you know great difference to the world and so i'd say well that's not that's not a job as such you know we could have that kind of argument over well, what what does it mean to be classed as, as professional you could be a professional killer i imagine a lot of people are going to have a, a problem with it But if you're being paid to do an effective job and that is your job then uh then you're professional aren't you subjective
0: it certainly is certainly is and i think so uh, you know you think back to the days where such things as kind of physical encounters existed and you go to a kind of conventional event or exhibition or networking group or whatever it might be um really it's it's i i guess it's always been true that it's when you kind of throw away the bullshit and you actually have a kind of normal conversation with somebody um that that good things happen i guess the the tricky thing is that when you're doing it on social media you you suddenly you're speaking to not you know a room of twenty, or a group of two or three people, but you're you're speaking to everyone and their and their husband, right? And um, suddenly, sort of striking that balance between being authentic and interesting, but not offensive, is is basically an impossible one. And I guess you just need to make a decision. Which one are you going to go with?
1: Exactly, you do. You make that decision, and you stand by it, and you do it for the right reasons, and. It is about being I know it sounds a bit tacky, but it is about being true to yourself and to your brand, because if you try to be something you're not, ultimately, the real you is going to shine through and that's going to cause problems if it's not what people thought they were signing up for. So really, I'd I'd hate to stop swearing as part of my brand, because ultimately I'm gonna drop the F bond in a real life conversation with with someone who's found me on LinkedIn and wants to work with me. And I'd hate to think that at that point they go, oh my God, I cannot work with you. I didn't know you were like this. I can't do it. It's gonna ruin it for everybody. So no, I think, I think it is. It's just about being easier to, to find your brand and, and stick with it knowing that, although you are gonna alienate people as is life, you're always gonna offend someone, you're also going to find people who warm to you so much and that's what i want when i'm when i'm writing for people i want to write for people who found me and they think oh my god i could really work with you you are just going to be this dream to work with that that's what i want i want the best clients possible this life's too short to waste time on you know people who you think oh my god God, I've got to have a Zoom with with this person again. And I was going to call them a horrible word. Then, I, am I allowed to swear on this? I know we're talking about swearing, Dan. Can I swear?
0: I mean, I mean, I'd be a little bit disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> I've been a bit disappointed so far, actually. <laughs> I've, I've been, been so like good. fucking hell, Joe
1: I've been so good, and it's been horrible. You've just not seen the real me yet, Dan. This is the thing I've been hiding from you for the past five minutes.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll I'll ask you another question that will hopefully you know tee you up. As I think you know, um, our audience is, is principally, or pretty much exclusively, B two B and professional services. Now, within those markets, um, there is an abundance. I think it's fair to say, you know, those markets are positively drowning in perfectly professional but immediately forgettable content. Um, so, other than festooning your copy with with f bombs or perhaps worse, um, do you have any other? Tips for for professionals seeking to inject a bit of personality into you know a bit of color into their otherwise lifeless brands.
1: <laughs> that is praise indeed, <laughs> isn't it? You know, well, it's yeah. you have like this brand? Let me see if I can help. Yeah, which I probably have said to clients in the past. It's a very tough love way of of working with people, but it works. um Okay, so yeah, I do swear because it's what i would do in my normal conversations it's what happens in our house it's what happens you know if i'm out with my friends or um you know wherever i am i'm i'm probably going to swear um but i did have someone at one of my training events once who said brilliant i'm going to start swearing in my copy because i want to have a an impact and i was like well no do you do you swear in, in real life and they said no And I went, well, for God's sake, don't start doing it, it, you know, to try and get an impact because people are going to see through it. It's not going to be, it's going to be cringy. Um, But obviously, swearing isn't going to be for everyone. So other things I'd always suggest would be to be careful about what you're sharing about yourself, really. So I, I do share a lot of myself on social media, on LinkedIn in particular, because I want people to relate to me. But where marketing traditionally tells us that we should share the successes and, you know, the amount of money we've bought in and all of that, I'm I'm very unlikely to do that. Cause I don't like that. You see, I would see that as unprofessional. If someone takes a, a screenshot of their bank balance that week, I, I'm sorry, I'd see that as professional and I, I wouldn't necessarily like that. I wouldn't go out of my way to say I was offended or cause a problem, but I just scroll on by, but, but there are things that some people like and some people don't. So I tend to share the massively mundane things that happen in my life. And you tend to find they get the best response because people can have a conversation about that. Um. So I've spoken about things like where my, my kid has got me in huge amounts of trouble and um, where she, God, she said to the, the people at nursery when they said, oh, you know, uh, tell us about your daddy. And she said, oh, my, my daddy is my mom's, my mummy's brother. And, and, and I've, I, it was, that was utterly horrendous. And, you know, nothing to do with copyright. No one was
0: supposed to find out, right?
1: <laughs> we have done so well keeping <laughs> a lid on it for so long. And now it's just out there. Everyone at that nursery knows it. it's like wildfire. Um, but I mean, it's nothing to do with copywriting. It's nothing to do with business. It's nothing to do with marketing, but it was brilliant because I'd shared that and people were going, oh, my God, you know what my kid did? And people were having a conversation. And, yeah, I had a few people saying, oh, this belongs on Facebook. What's this got to do with business? How does this um, how does this reflect that you're supposed to be a quality writer? I've had that people saying, no, you can't be a quality writer because you're writing about this shit essentially and I thought no I'm writing about shit and yes it might be mundane or useless or completely irrelevant to you but it'll res- resonate with someone and it'll resonate with the right people the people who then start a relationship with me and thinking actually she she's quite normal I like her <laughs> so and that, that's what I want I want to I want to have those relationships with people it's not even the worst thing she said by the way but I think that's that's something for a <laughs> <podcast maybe.
0: laughs> Um, so just on LinkedIn specifically then, so my feeling on this generally is that um, I guess I take a bit more of a kind of channel agnostic view of marketing. And I'm a big believer in if you get your position right and your message right and your content right, then to some degree, the channels take care of themselves. But I know that's a massive oversimplification. And usually where an individual or a brand does something remarkable, they usually do it remarkably on one channel and then they move on to 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 others so just focusing for a moment on LinkedIn I guess the first question fairly crude one but an important one does it does it make money for you does it work
1: it does yeah it does now I'd I'd love it if it made me money in the the most simplistic and literal sense I'd love it if every like was a, uh, you know, cash in my bank. I'd love it if every comment and every share was instantly a cash reward from LinkedIn to say, well done, you know, <laughs> for, for using this program so effectively. Another level unlocked. I'd love that. And of course it doesn't. Um, but it does get eyes my way. It does get conversations started and it does get that impact out there. So it means I'm I'm building that that following not just of people who who like my stuff and think, oh, I might like to see what she's going to say next. I'm quite worried what she might say next. But it it builds those people who think, when I'm ready to work with a copywriter, this is the girl I've got to work with. And likewise, they may never need me. But there might be someone who says to them, I really need a copywriter who's big on personality and bringing brands to life. Who do we know? And I love the fact that people don't just go, joe watson and walk away i love the fact that people all go my god you've got to follow joe she's exceptional their their words obviously i'm not saying this about myself (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not that arrogant you know i might tag myself in and say you must follow me i'm wonderful i'm just (laughs) but no people do say nice things and they start kind of spreading the word for me and in marketing god word of mouth is just so important isn't it so I, I like to think um, that it, it is making me money. If not in that instantaneous, wow, the pound signs are going into my bank over time, it's it's definitely putting the foundations down. So, and that that's why I concentrate on it, Dan. So you're talking about, you know, maybe doing things across different platforms, I could put the exact same content on Facebook and it goes nowhere. Like not even my mates like it. That's that's all Facebook is. It's your mates and people you once met on a hen do in Marbella and you thought, oh yeah, we'll be best friends forever. And then you never see them again. But you know, no, no one on there likes my stuff comments on my stuff or anything. Whereas, it, it upsets me because everyone, all of my mates, must see my stuff on Facebook and go, God, Joe gets absolutely nothing. She just doesn't <laughs> go anywhere. And I'm there, like, please get a, get a LinkedIn account, follow me on LinkedIn. I'm a megastar. You'll love me. <laughs> they just do. They <laughs> do
0: you, just have like, what, what about Twitter? Are you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter and I do. Remarkably badly on there as well. If I get a like on something, it's a bloody good day. Um and I, I sit there resenting it, going, Oh my god, I've already got you know, I've already got one hundred likes on LinkedIn. You know, why why does nobody like me over here? Which is, is weird because copywriters traditionally do brilliantly on Twitter, but not me. No one has a clue who I am. <laughs> god damn them.
0: <laughs> I'll throw you a lot later, Joe. Don't worry. <laughs> quick quick retweet after this
1: quick retweet it'll it'll do me the power of good but I I don't and joking aside I don't care Dan because if I was struggling across all the platforms I'd be worried but I do I do do really well on LinkedIn so I've got to be grateful for that and I just channel all of my my thoughts uh, across there and it, it works well works to my advantage
0: so how do you, because um, obviously there's always a risk with these things, you're building up your, your presence on someone else's land, um, and that's fine for as long as the, the sort of machine is working in your favor, and then one day an algorithm update occurs or uh, organic reach reduces as they kind of you know, try and shift people towards more, more paid engagement, or I don't know, you just lose the logins for your LinkedIn account, and then suddenly you know, you're sort of back to square one. How do you, how do you shield yourself? from becoming too dependent on on LinkedIn?
1: Um, I, I don't I I sadly I, I don't shield myself at all I feel very unprotected um, and I, I love that phrase you used about building on their land and it's so true and I think I think I'd do well to remember that a little more often because I do approach it with this air of you know i i'm just putting my stuff out there uh, i'm doing my thing i'm fine whereas i could be very unfine at any moment and that's that's been proved in the last few weeks so to give you an example um when all the the race rows kicked off if you'll forgive the pun after the euros um, everyone had their say on, on what was going on. The, the way the, those lads were treated was absolutely appalling. Of course it was. And so in, in having a voice and in having a way with words, I thought it's important I use my platform to have my say on uh, on what we should be doing, how we should be approaching things, how we should be standing up and speaking out against racism. Sorry to get so political on your podcast. No, 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 go for it. Um, but I'd, So I put something on, calling out racists and calling out racist behaviour. And this is the ridiculous thing. Someone who had gone through all of those posts that everyone was sharing, you know, the anti-racist, all of that, someone who had gone through and, and had a go at every single person, basically belittling their voice, belittling the stance and basically saying racism was okay and we should just get on with it. All of this, he was reporting everyone and everyone he reported got banned. And we got banned under the guise of bullying and aggressive behavior bullying and harassment sorry not aggressive bullying and harassment so in calling out a racist we got banned for bullying that racist and that was utterly horrendous I was so upset about that because that was my kind of career platform gone um Albeit temporarily, and it upset me, obviously, on a much bigger level because of how LinkedIn had dealt with that. And I found that absolutely disgusting. But I campaigned and um I, you know, kind of went against it. I got such social backing. Um, and that they reinstated my post, they got me back on. I don't think they banned the person who was going around spreading race hate, sadly. I never got an apology, but it was that reminder of you can just be it can be taken away from you at any point but this is the thing if I start living my life not using my voice I'm doing myself a massive disservice I've this This is what I've got to do and I I will always fight for what's right and I tell you what Dan if it does happen again if I get banned restricted told off wrist slapped post removed I will fucking fight against all of them because I will not be beaten when it comes to doing what's right and I think that's the that's the security that's the safeguard I've got that I will not go down without a fight. So hopefully- and you Stop
0: building your email list by the sound of it.
1: <laughs> well the thing is everyone said oh build an email list just in case I built one and it absolutely bombed it's like I get more unsubscribers than subscribers because I don't I think everyone loves my LinkedIn stuff because it's just throw away little bite-sized comments where it that they can just engage with if they want whereas when i was starting to email people i was feeling like i had to have loads more to say and people were like oh god you know and i think it's we all unsubscribe don't we um, do you read all the emails we all subscribe to Dan because i
0: every single one of them yeah including the including the terms underneath <laughs> i think it's really it's important so,
1: stuff. so this is the thing i could be on the most subscribed to the most wonderful inspirational mailing list and i don't read them I just, I don't read them. I don't have time. I don't want, no business owner wants more emails in their inbox. That no business owner wants that. We've got enough to deal with. So yes, I did try with the emailing list and I may have to resort to it at some point, but it's it's just not, it's not the same. So I think... The safeguard I've got, yes, you've got to play play the game to an extent. I can't, I can't drop the C bomb every 10 minutes, much as I would love to. That's probably the one word I, I don't say on there. I really want to though. Um, but I think I keep myself safe by thinking I will I will justify my actions and I will fight this and I will come back stronger. So hopefully, hopefully that stands me in good stead. But, but we'll soon see. <laughs> Fingers crossed.
0: So, in terms of and it may just be that it's your kind of unique style of writing, your you know your charisma, your you know one in a million brilliance, or are there, are there certain principles to developing a LinkedIn profile in the way that you have that generates your frequent business, and as I say, you're kind of really building a brand for yourself there in a way that I, I, I've just not seen for a little while somebody else do. Are there, are there kind of two or three principles that you would say, do you know what, if you get anything right, get these things right?
1: I think um, you've got to to speak primarily to the people you want to speak to. So it's it's an absolute dream, Dan, for someone such as your good self to be saying these lovely things to me now. You know, that I love the one in a million brilliance. I love that. That's, that's great. That'll be going on my headline later on. I'll be updating that on my LinkedIn profile. I love stuff like that. And I think you can only do that if you keep in mind who you want to speak to. So if I tried to go out there and please everyone and have this vanilla content that spoke to everyone yet said absolutely nothing, then I'd be doing myself a huge disservice. And I think anyone who does that would be doing themselves a huge disservice. So you want to speak to the the kind of people. So in my case, people like your good self who will then come back and say, wow, you know, that this is, this is amazing. And, and hopefully spread the word, you know, next time someone says, can anyone recommend a wonderful copywriter and, and you can say, actually, I know just the person. So keep in mind who you're speaking to and who it is you want to have those conversations with, who you want to work with, who you want to have in your network and forget about the people who are going to find offence, even where there was non-given in the first place because some people make a career out of finding it. Um, I think the other things I would suggest, uh, please tell people what you do in your headline. My God, I've seen so many headlines where people are like, I will, I will revolutionize your business. And I'm like, Well, well, how? How how will you do that? And it turns out they're an accountant. And you're like, would you just tell me you're an accountant then. And I I know what I'm I, I'm doing. I, I know that if I'm looking for an accountant, bang, I've found you you're there. there. There are people who, who go with that tagline of uh, saving you time and money and freeing you up from stress. Okay, well, just tell me what it is you do. Are you an HR professional? You know, are you a, a marketing person? Are you a graphic designer? Because if you're telling me you can give me more time, save me money and take away all my stress, I'm going to go ahead and, and guess that you're going to come and take my daughter off my hands because that is ultimately what what problem that would solve for me. If it does turn out that actually, no, you're an accountant, then, then you've wasted my time, you've wasted yours. So please, you know, I think I think on LinkedIn, it's we get so caught up in trying to make ourselves sound better. For fuck's sake, just tell people what you do. The first word on my headline is writer. That way no one can be under any illusions of of what I do or what I don't do. And I think that the next thing I would say is... If you've got nothing to post, don't post it. I'm sick of this whole guidance of you've got to post four times a day. You've got to show up every day. I'm fucking sick of that phrase. Show up. Be visible. Why? Why If you're not at your best, why would you show up? Quality will always win over quantity. I would hate to think that people saw 20 posts a day from me and thought, it's her again. Jesus, doesn't she have any work going on? So, I think it's just about, yeah, rather than showing up for showing up's sake or because the latest guru of the hour has told you you've got to, I think just show up when you've got something to say. And if you think I haven't posted in a few days, why post at all? If you can just go in and have a conversation with someone else, look at what other people have posted, get involved in the conversation, show it's not all about you because it's not. In business, it's not all about you. It's about the people you build relationships with. So go build relationships with them.
0: Um, Final question, Joe. Particularly within professional services and B2B, um, we have a tendency to be endlessly lovely to one another, which is uh, frankly fucking disgusting. So I like to ask people um, to share a slightly more negative thought or two, something that might wind them up about, about the industry, so in this case, that could be about marketing, about copy, um, maybe a mistake that they uh, that that you might see being made over and over again, or some other habit um, in the world of sales and marketing that just kind of gets under your under your skin. Um, what might that be for you? Is there anything that sort of immediately springs to mind?
1: Yeah, um, I believe that we're living in a, a marketing age that that still doesn't value copy anywhere near as highly it should and that is seen when people will spend thousands on a website and thousands on branding imagery and uh, everything to look the part visually yet when it comes to their actual written message that's going to go out to countless people and it's, it's going to be read by the people they want to speak to and the people they want to sell to. And they just couldn't give a shit about it. It just seems like every 10 minutes, and I know we've talked so much about LinkedIn, but I'm I'm sick of it now. I am sick of going on LinkedIn and every 10 minutes, there'll be a brand manager or um, a CEO or an executive of, of something who says, need a copywriter uh, available straight away to work on big project that needs to be done by the weekend um minimal budget available or must be willing to work for exposure that kind of thing because I know I won't be the first to say it and I won't be the last. Exposure apparently pays the bills now. I'm I'm going to be calling Nat West right after this call and and saying I'm I'm not not going to be transferring the money for my mortgage this month because the exposure I've got is just brilliant. So bank that one for me and keep this roof over my head. But I'm I'm sick of it because it's, yeah, it's so, so often, you know, that they're saying we need a copywriter straight away. And I'm there thinking, no, you need a copywriter straight away because you've not prioritized them. And, and well, worse than that, you've not thought about them at all, have you? You've obviously got your website in place, your marketing strategy in place, your your branding, your visuals. You've got your staffing in place. You've got it all there. But you haven't written any of the copy. The one thing that links what you've got to the people who are going to give you money for it and you have not put any thought into it whatsoever. And that's why you need them last minute. Or you've dicked around your previous copywriters so much that you're now left short and need to get someone in pretty sharpish to replace them. And I think what to take it a step further down, what irritates me even more is the fact that so many copywriters who are perhaps quite new and quite fresh into the profession are so desperate for the work and I understand because I've been there when you're building your own business and you're going freelance I've been there but they're all throwing themselves I'm available I can do it now I can ring you now I'll send you an email now I can do it yeah it's fine what you need me three months every day 24 7 yeah I can do it I can do it I'll give up my life and and you think well, you're making it worse because for every person that says yeah go on this is completely acceptable they're going to keep doing it and it's that vicious cycle isn't it so it just it massively winds me up and if anyone some poor sob tags me in it wanting to do me a favor by recommending my services I end up just having this massive shit fit on the post saying well thanks for recommending me but there are a few reasons why there is no fucking way I will talk to you
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when we stopped attaching much or as much significance as we used to to copy. Because if, if you think back to the really high-profile marketers of the 20th century, you know, David Ogilvie's, they were copywriters. And and now we kind of instead we evangelise channel experts. And I feel like it's something to do with this shift towards digital. You know, people like you just fucking becoming famous for one channel, basically. Um, but, but but I wonder when this change happened, because I, I, I buy into what you, you're saying Absolutely. I, it always strikes me as utterly remarkable. Marketing is about communications. Communications is about words. doesn't matter if it's a video script, a tweet, a blog, an email, printed magazine, website copy. It's fucking words. And you either have an ability, have a grasp with those things or you don't. And if you get those things right, those words right, then to some degree, the channels take care of themselves. Um, and I don't know when we forgot that but it, it just i'm not sure if you've seen a a shift in your career at all
1: i th- i think you're right saying you know we go back to those those golden days where copy ruled supreme it was because we didn't have all the bells and whistles we have now so i think people did see it as the important thing but but yeah, we've we've lost it because our gaze has been distracted. We want the shiny things. We want the you know that the high high functioning high performance websites. We want you know the the branding gurus are in on board with us. We want the the strategy, the digital, the social, and yeah, they're all missing the point that without a written message, even if that written message is then going to be spoken, it, it's still a written message. It's still fucking words, like like you say we're just losing that completely. And it it saddens me. It really saddens me. But the whole thing, it has become cheapened. And I think that's why I will always fight the good fight to to say no to the projects that either want you straight away or the projects that won't pay you or pay you so badly. It's I, I will always fight against that because for as long as copywriters say it's okay, it's not going to change, is it? We're going to have to be the ones that that change it. And I do hope we get back to the, those glory days where you know those words were absolutely idolized, and I wish I wish people appreciated them. And and you know people kind of say like, "What my my posts and my writing? Oh my god, that was brilliant! It was wonderful." And I'm like, "Yeah, because I've I've taken time to think about it." Yes, to an extent, the content idea may fall out of my head. But I've structured it, I've worked on it, I've thought, what is gonna really make this land? There is work behind it.
0: So just running with that for a moment then. So so let's let's imagine that I'm a busy professional, maybe I'm a, a lawyer, an accountant. I'm looking to kind of carve out a bit more of a kind of personal brand for myself. Um, it happens to be on LinkedIn, but as we've said that, you know, it could be elsewhere. Um, I think I guess maybe from more of a copy perspective, if you was to give one piece of advice to that individual from more of a copywriting uh, point of view what might that piece of advice be because obviously you know what you what you do 10 hours a day you know it could be relatively kind of peripheral to to the average kind of professional's role but as you say if they don't get it right then they're on a hiding to nothing before they've even begun really
1: so true so true um i think don't be afraid to speak in your your own voice or rather don't be afraid to write in your own voice. So I do sessions with clients and the first problem they'll say to me is, I know what I want to say and I can happily say it to you here now, Joe." but the minute I've got to write it on paper, it all goes. And my response is, well, if you can say it to me here, just write those words down. And I know that sounds massively simplistic, but there's so much truth and value in it because... We seem to have this idea that if we're speaking to someone, it's fine. We can be colloquial. We can be quite informal. But if we're writing it, oh, my God, it must be the Queen's English. It must be well structured. And most people don't have a grasp of those things anyway. So why try to stick to it? So I just think if you can say it. Don't be afraid of using those exact words and writing them down because it's a, a wonderful, wonderful start. And then you can always go back in and edit it. You can tweet it, uh, tweak it rather. God, Freudian slip on a social platform there. Or the social platforms are available. Uh, yes, yeah, so but I think you know, just—if you can say it, then then write it. Go with that because if someone doesn't like it well, they're not going to enjoy working with you, are they? Or they're not going to enjoy engaging with your brand. And and why why would you want to attract those people anyway? So, so yeah, write in your own voice. It's a great start.
0: What always sticks with me is the, um, the guy who actually introduced me to copy, um, like the kind of the concept of good marketing copy, good sales copy, which is probably 10 or 11 years ago now. Um, he was borderline illiterate from a technical perspective. I mean, he was heavily dyslexic um, and he couldn't. He, barely construct a sentence but he was he had he was such a fantastic communicator and you're absolutely right there is this we we conflate these two things being being a good kind of technical writer versus you know being a good communicator a good copywriter they're they're such different such different things and I think anyone can be the the latter as long as as you say they kind of they're, they're sort of true to themselves and um slightly overused expression but talk like they're chatting down the pub you know if they if, if you do that you can't go too far wrong right
1: well you can't you if you know how to command that audience down the pub then yeah you you can do it online with the people who matter so yeah, give give it a shot yeah,
0: get a few beers in and uh, yeah get typing there we go
1: always always there was there was something fun about that i used to do a lot of technical writing because i was a teacher prior to this And then I was working in um, education management and one of my jobs was to write funding applications and I hated it. I faced this massive writer's block all the time because it was so technical, it was so functional and I hated it. So I used to have a couple of glasses of wine and then write it then and those were the bids we were always the most successful with so I mean
0: something said for that
1: I know it's not, not the best advice for, for everything
0: no I think it's excellent advice <laughs> it's just knowing your window isn't it I find between drinks three and five that's where my copy is at its peak <laughs> but it's um, it's a tightrope you've got to be careful it
1: is drink six and it, it's tits up it really is
0: yeah. so you
1: yeah. can't step yeah. away
0: <laughs> fantastic well look Joe. thank you ever so much for your time yeah this has been so much fun I knew it would be And uh, yeah, very much looking forward to uh, watching you cause your next shitstorm on on LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah, thank you ever so much for your time. Really, really enjoyed it.